are so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having us. We're so very happy. We love this church. We love your pastors. Uh, we just, we have such heart ties here. I want to introduce you. Uh, I, some of you might be meeting me for the first time, but I want to introduce you to my team. Actually, I have uh, our Life Impact USA manager with us right here. Stacy. if you could stand up, please. <laughs> and she's modeling our new shirt. <laughs> we're actually down for a board meeting over in Tulsa, so we're going to be driving to Tulsa after this. And then I have my mom, actually, my missionary mama. Stand up, mom. I led my mom to the Lord 13, uh, 15, 16 years ago uh, around on Christmas Eve. And she's just been the best missionary prayer mama that there is. Uh, and then also, I just, I, you guys have your own homegrown Colton and Katrina, and they drove all the way to Tulsa to help us. And they're going to be joining us in Thailand this year. I don't know if that's public information or not, but I just made it public information. <laughs> and so we're just so, I'm just so encouraged to be here. I have a word from the Lord for you, and I'm so excited because everything that your pastor was saying up here, it was just, it was exploding because it's exactly what I have for you. Um, God just gave me a message for you guys, especially, actually. I've never preached this message, and I just knew, and he just told me to tell you it's bigger than you think. It's bigger than you think, and uh, it's bigger than you think. And I'm gonna, I just want to give you the scripture real quick. I, you see my little nice little bookmarker, my notes? I didn't even, the Lord just gave it to me when he was saying about awaken. And I just want to give you the scripture and open with it. It wasn't even in my notes, but he gave it to me when I was sitting right there. And it's Isaiah 54, uh, chapter 54, verse 2. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And I feel like that's for this church and that's for you guys sitting in those chairs right now. And God, it, it, he just, it, you'll see in the message that I'm going to just bring to you this morning, it, it's all going to come together. But when I was just seeing just the different attacks and the different things and when we were praying for depression and the different things going on, I don't know if you realize this, but it's not about depression. It's, it's bigger than that. It's about the gifting that's on the inside of you. It's about the calling that's on the inside of you. It's about the people that are on the other side of your obedience. It's not even about the, the, the depression and the oppression and the intimidation and the fear. It's not even about that. It's so much bigger than that. And it's so much beyond that. And it's so much, uh, it's just, it's, it's not even that. There's, there's something on the other side of that. And you have to see that's what the devil's after. He's after that precious promise that God gave you. He's after that gifting, that calling that he put on the inside of you that's supposed to reach and impact and influence people. He's after after those kinds of things, and if he could stop you by the things with depression and fear and oppression and intimidation and all these different limitations, then you'll never get to that other side and see what's on those, that other side, and those people will never be reached, and those things will never be built, and those great accomplishments for God will never be erected because of the limitations, and so that's why he's trying to do this, and I just want to show you today, it's bigger than you think. You know, I, I feel like God's just going to reveal some things. Uh, backtracking to what you saw in the video 
know, we've been in Thailand uh, 14 years now. And when I first, the Lord gave me the vision, Psalm 127, 3 and verse 4. And he said, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. You will not be ashamed, but you'll speak, subdue, conquer the enemy at the gate. And, uh, and when he said that, I said, Lord, I'm not a babysitter. Like, I'm, I don't want to have a little Jesus daycare with 10 or, ten, or and kids and then go to heaven and, and, and say, here's my 10 kids. I'm an evangelist. I didn't hear the gospel until I was 19. Nobody ever told me. I was a go-go dancer in the clubs of Hollywood. Nobody ever told me that I had a different kind of life or I had a choice that Jesus had come and already paid for my sins. Nobody told me any of this. And so when I heard this for the first time ever, I said, why didn't anybody tell me this before? And I grabbed onto Jesus with everything I had and I never turned back. And I thought this was, this was the the life I was looking for, right? And so when I heard that and, and just went all out for Jesus and it, God did a quick work in me and then he showed me why I was rescued. It would be to rescue children later. So in my mind, I thought, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You know, we'll, we'll do the, the, the orphanages and different things. And when I said that to him, I said, you know, but I'm not a, a babysitter, I'm an evangelist. And he said, you will reach more through these children than you could ever reach alone. In the dark nations of the earth that don't know me, in the Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist nations, you will raise up a generation that knows me and they will make me known. Missionaries will not be able to get into there. People with white skin will not be able to get into these countries, but you will send secret weapons, arrows that are in my hand and they will be the children of the nation and you'll raise up a generation that knows me in, in, in nations that don't know me and they will make me known to their generation and they will change it. And that was the vision that God gave me. So this is what I thought. You know, sometimes when God gives us a vision or, or a dream, we just kind of make it happen. We're like, okay, this is how it's gonna happen. This is how it's gonna go, right? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to start homes in all these different countries, and then, you know, that's how we're going to do it. Well, recently, uh, I was doing a pastor's conference in Brazil, and the pastors were praying for me, and they said, they just had a word from God, and they said, government, and they said, no, governments are going to come to you and ask you what to do with the children of their nation. They're going to ask you for help with the children of their nations. And that happened in October. And I tell you, February of the next year, in just short months, I had the governor of Thailand, of our area, in my office in a secret meeting, uh, asking me, telling me, there are 60 children trafficked daily. We need your help. We heard what you do for the children. Can you please help us? And, so, and that happened, right? So then that, okay, the, the, I just went from an orphanage to a government, you know, recognized organization just like that in 0.2 seconds, right? So if that wasn't already big and already enlarging and already stretching and already, you know, uh, demanding financially, I mean, just even capacity, I don't know how to start social welfare systems. I didn't go to school for that. You know, I, I'm not a social worker. And so anyways, that's already a whole different level of faith. The governor coming to you and asking you, we need your help. And that's just, for their country that I'm not a citizen of, that I don't speak the language in, right? And so that happens. And if that wasn't big enough already, I want you to go ahead and put that uh, the picture up, the forewoman of the government meeting. If that wasn't big enough already, uh, what happened was not only one government, but then the government, the closed uh, military junta, junta government of Burma came to us and said, can you please write a proposal? And can that governor, they were talking, and they said, what are you doing for your children, your nation? And that governor said, well, I have this organization called Life Impact, and they're helping us with our children. And he said, oh, can you ask that organization to help us, the government of Burma, with our children here too? And so that governor asked me to write a proposal in English to the governor of Burma 
Burma, a closed military junta that killed their people, right, to write a proposal of how we could help them with their children. So it wasn't just one government, it was two governments, right? And then if that wasn't big enough, right? If that wasn't big enough, <laughs> so we're going from having these little orphanages, right, and just in these liberal little countries and, you know, a little house on the prairie in 20 different little countries, and it was great, and it, then it turns into governments, and then it turns into bigger than I think. If that wasn't enough, okay, that was the secret meeting. Right after that, okay, we get, I get a letter, and uh, it's in Thai, so I can't read it, so my interpreter's trying to kind of, like, interpret it for me, and she goes, it's saying, you know, there's this big meeting, and the, and the TV and media is going to be there, and they're going to video you, and this and this and this, and, you know, she's telling me, and I, I can't get it fast enough out of her. I'm like, wait, tell me, I, I need to understand this, so tell me more, what's going on? And she said, it, it has the government emblem, the seal, so the government's inviting you, and you're supposed to be the keynote speaker and all these different things, and, and, I, and so I was so just like, what, wait a second, so I, in, I, I called the best interpreter in our whole town, I said, see, you need to get over here, I really need to understand what's going on, I really need to understand, you know, all these different things, can you please come here and interpret this letter properly so I really understand, and she reads it, and she's looking at it, she goes, it says that out of all the hundreds of organizations in Thailand, there were five chosen, and Life Impact is one of them, and she said, and it says that you're supposed to be the speaker that knows of, of everything going on for child exploitations in all of Southeast Asia, and it says that, that Life Impact is recognized of knowing what to do and be, to be a voice for the children, not just for Thailand, not just for Burma, but for ASEAN, for Southeast Asian Alliance, going all the way up to China and all the way down to Singapore. And it says that out of all the hundreds of organizations, there's five, and you guys are one of the five. And that, and that you are, you're the know-how, you guys are the know-how on the border, and they need your advice, and it's gonna be televised from Thai PBS, and, um, and basically there's gonna be, you know, all of you guys are gonna be on a panel, and it's gonna go all out of Thailand, and it's gonna, you're gonna be the trainer of how to fight child exploitation in Southeast Asia. And, and, and so, you know, you would think I'm a faith girl, right? I went to a faith Bible school. You know, we've already, I preached the gospel to the military, like with AK-47s, you know, just different things. We've done, we've seen all these miraculous things. So you would think I would say like, yes, this is what we were believing for, to reach nations, to impact and to inspire nations and, you know, to bring Jesus to dark nations. And this is what God told me. You would think that would be my response, right? But <laughs> that wasn't my response. All of a sudden I said, I, I just looked at her. It was her and one of my other main rescue guys. And I looked and tears just started streaming down my face. I was like, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. And the, the Go, what are you talking about? I said, no, I'm not that good. Like, I'm not who they think. We, like, we put up a good front, but I really don't know how to do this. Like, no, I, I really am not the specialist, you know? Like, no, I'm not, I really don't know what I'm doing. I just get on my knees every morning, and God shows me what to do. And so I really don't know what I'm doing, and it's a lie. No. And I said, can, can I deny? And she looked at me, and she's like, you can't deny the request from the government. You know, so that was my first, you know, wrong response. My second one was, well, so it was fear, right, and intimidation, and my second one was, okay, well, let me see the other organizations that are going to, the other four, you know, people that are going to be next to me in, in that panel, let me just see, and you know, the Bible says that those that compare themselves amongst themselves are what? Unwise, right? 
And so the first one was the UN. And <laughs> the UN was right next to me. And then the next one was a lady that was on CNN Heroes for like rescuing a whole area in Thailand. And then the next one was the Thai PBS host for all of the Thailand channels and TV. And then all these, this other one was a professor on child trafficking and all these different things, human rights and all this stuff. So it just got higher and higher, the level of influence and authority. So I'm looking and I'm just crying and I'm like, we can't no, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, I, I just put up a very good front, you know? Like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And, and they looked at me, this girl looked at me, and she goes, I, I'm confused. Aren't, isn't this what you believe for? Isn't this what you pray for? Isn't this what God told you? Like, isn't this what we've been praying for? Like, isn't this, you know, isn't this what we're supposed to do? Isn't this what we're called to do? She said, you're the preacher and all, but I, I, I'm, I'm just a little confused right now. And I, I'm crying, and I was like, Yes, yes, you know, and, and it's so funny though, you know, God will just so get us out there on, on, a, on a limb and on a risk and just in these situations, and you want to know, I, I want to just so share with you these two things that God spoke to me, these two very basic stories that just brought courage and brought hope to my heart, and you would think, I'd already been at this for 14 years, you know, you would think that I'd have this down by now, but every level, it causes more stretching and more enlarging and go into another level, another level. If you want to change nations, if you want to impact your city, if you want to impact Texas and the surrounding four counties, if you want to do this, there's going to be some stretching. There's going to be some breaking out. There's going to be some enlarging of your tent. There's going to be some very scary things that you look at and you're going to need to know the right response. And my response wasn't the right response, <laughs> the first one, but I learned so much. So, it was so funny. I learned so great elementary principles. You see, you really see when you get in those situations when you get out of the boat and when you get stretched, what's what you're really made of and what's on the inside of you. Uh, the one of the stories was David and Goliath. And I had to literally go back and read David and Goliath because I thought these organizations that we're sitting that I'm supposed to you know, speak into the mic and be right next to, they're huge Goliaths. And so I went back and read it and, and the Lord just spoke to me and he said, Lana, you know this story. And he said, tell me the difference with David and Goliath. Why did David win? He was so much smaller. He was so much outnumbered. He was so, you know, in comparison, he shouldn't have won. In comparison, in the natural, with the natural eye on the outside, why, what, was, what, was, what was it with the story? And I said, well, that's easy. You know, we all know this is elementary. This is, you know, Sunday school. This is, you know, you were with David. You weren't with Goliath. And he goes, yes, you're in a Buddhist nation, and I'm with you. And I'm not with those other organizations. I'm with you. I'm with you, and I go right up there, and I am with you, and they are going to see that, and they are going to know that, and that's how you know, and that's why you can't compare yourself to them, because I am with you. I am not with them, and that was the first thing, and it was like, okay, and the next one is what I'm going to preach to you from uh, for the next 15 minutes in, in Esther. If you can go over there, and I want to show you some things, and I'm going to tell you it's bigger than you think. You know, it's bigger than you think. It's so much bigger than you think. In my, I thought, even in seeing miracles and seeing what God has done, I thought we had arrived. I thought I, I had gotten comfortable in the calling of God and in the plan and purpose of God, but it was bigger than I thought. 
And let's go in Esther chapter 4. We're going to go chapter 4 and verse 11. You know this story, but just faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm going to read this, and it's going to bring hope and courage into your heart, into your life, into your ministry, into your calling, into your purpose, into your plan, into your church, because it's bigger than you thought. It's bigger than you think. Okay, Esther chapter 4, verse 11. And the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any, you guys know the backdrop of the story about Haman and Mordecai, right? They were going to annihilate all the Jews. And Esther was an orphan girl that was put into the palace. I'll give you, sorry, before. <laughs> she was put into the palace and she was there, but she kept a secret that she was a Jew and that in this, this evil man, Haman, just had a plan to annihilate all the Jews. And her uncle Mordecai was placed in the palace as a servant. And so we, right now there has been a decree from Haman to kill and wipe out all of the Jews. And so now Esther, who had been living in the palace for five years already as a princess with this secret that I'm a Jew, with this precious secret. She'd already been there. She's a queen. She's beautiful. I mean, it's just been good. She's been comfortable. And she's been living there and and just knowing the whole time that any time her number could be up, any time her secret could be found out, at any time it could come to the surface, you know? And so this is the backdrop of it. Haman is is sent, sent out a decree to kill all of the Jews. And it says, and all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes to the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go in the king these 30 days. Here's another backdrop. So they're going to wipe out all the Jews. And then Esther hasn't been before the king in 30 days. So at this point, she could risk her life. It's, it, everything's all on the line, right? And, uh, and it's, it's basically, it's a risky business right now. I could die going before and doing the thing that you're asking. Mordecai comes to her and is calling her out and saying, you know, you know what's on the inside of you. You know what God has told you. You know the promise. You know the plan that's on the inside of you. And now it's time for it to come out. And he's calling her out. And he's calling her number. And her number's up. And it says, and if you look right here, so they told Mordecai Esther's words. You know, Esther, her first response is, was, was a kind of like a fear. This is risky. You know, this is what's going to happen. It's going to cost me my life. That was her first response. I'm in good company. You know, Mary, if you look, she was like, Mary's first response was, how can this be? How is this even possible? So I'm in really good company. You know, I'm just being biblical, right? And so that was her first responses. And, and let's look. She gets it right later on. And it says, so they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days three days, night or day, my maids and I will fast likewise. Look at this. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She laid it all out there. I see three things. The Lord had me go back through this when I went to appear before the government, before in the council, in the Child Protection Southeast Asian Council. The Lord just showed me these three things, and he said, there's risk. There's always risk. There's always risk in the call of God. There's always risk of looking the fool and missing it. There's always risk of stepping out of the boat and onto the water. There's always risk. There's always a risk. But we know that he is faithful who called us, who will not let us slip, 
who will not let us fall, who will not let us look a fool, that he is for us and he was with us and he is upholding us with his victorious right hand. But there is always risk on the outside, on, in the what you see, in the natural. And then there's courage. There's courage to do that. It takes courage. I'm telling you, I, I would never, I, I think sometimes I'm a pretty bold girl, but this took the, the courage that I didn't even know was on the inside of me. And then the third thing, I mean, I was shaking when I was holding the microphone up before all of them. And the, the second thing was courage. You know, this probably, this, this is so important to me for you guys to get because this was such a, a pivotal time in my life. And I know if I, I had a chance to turn it down and to not show up and to not do it or give my place to somebody else and to not step into my place and to not step into that place that God has called me or that to not answer the call, I had a choice. We all have a choice. We don't need to do it. We don't have to obey God. We'll still go to heaven. He'll still be good to us. We'll still be, have the blessings of God in our life. We don't have to answer the call but we get to, we get to, we get to be used. I don't want somebody, I don't want to give my number to somebody else. I was created to do the very thing that I'm doing right now. You were created to do the very thing that you're doing right now. You are the best person in your shoes. And God doesn't, he wants to choose you. He wants you, oh, you to obey. He doesn't want to have to call on somebody else. Risk, courage, and faith. A faith and a trust. And I tell you, I sat before that, that council. I sat before that government shaking. And all of a sudden, so I, you know, I gave a little, because you can't say too much because they're Buddhists. So you can't say too much. So I, we did the presentation. We were the best prepared organization, uh, like, up there, right? They even said they gave me the smallest amount of time. They gave me five minutes because they said, oh, we don't know this life impact. We'll just give them five minutes. And they get the end. And, uh, and who is this life impact anyways? And even the announcer said, you guys are all asking me who's Life Impact because you've never heard of them before. Like that was my introduction, right? They're little, you've never heard of them before, but here they are, you know, like the, the don't expect much from them, honestly. And I'm telling you, God, I got that microphone and God gave me utterance. Like I started speaking, I, I preached on whose child is this? This is my child. This is your child. Whose child is this? And my interpreter was holding it. She was a, she's a pastor and she's holding the microphone so hard because she wanted to cry and the spirit of God was so strong on her that she had dents in her hand from the microphone and it was so powerful after ties are expressionless they don't they don't respond they don't say they don't do anything like that all of those ties stood up and started clapping after they were we were like they were going up and taking pictures with our staff and they were famous after and the CNN heroes lady came up to me and wanted a picture with me and it was and I was like can you sign this please and it was you know it was so the way the Lord did it. It was so incredible. And this story, I'm telling you, in the last days, if you want to attempt anything great for God, if you want to do anything great for God, it's going to cost you everything. There's going to be so much risk. There's going to be so much courage. There's going to be so much faith that's on the line. She could have lost it all. She could have lost her family, her husband. She could have lost the palace. And I'm here to tell you, don't get comfortable in the palace. Don't get comfortable in the good places of God. Don't get comfortable in Christianity. Don't get comfortable in the palace because your number is up and God is calling you and his eyes are stretching to and fro throughout the earth and seeing who can he act on, who can he use on behalf of him to bring his kingdom
kingdom to this earth and do not get comfortable in the palace because your number is up. She could have got comfortable. I think that that's what was happening. It was nice in the palace. She was enjoying the blessings of being a a queen. She was enjoying the goodness in the palace. She was a queen. She had it all. And I feel like that's how we become in the kingdom. Even for me being there for 14 years, but we can't get comfortable in those things. And we have to understand, we have to stretch and enlarge our tent and expect God to do something more because it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And she was put into that place for such a time as this. She was put into the palace for her time to be up for this time, for this hour. And you've been put into this place. You've been put into this house. You've been brought into this kingdom for this time, for this hour. And it's bigger than you think. It's bigger than church on Sunday. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than just a name Christianity. It's bigger than that. Your marriage is bigger than that. It has a purpose and a plan. It's been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Your family is bigger than that. God has big plans for your children. God has big purposes. Your raised kings shall come from her. You're raising kings. You're raising leaders for this next generation. It's bigger than that. Your Bible study, your your uh, prayer group, it's bigger than that. You don't understand and see the impact and the influence and how far it's going to reach and what God's doing. It's bigger than that. You're bigger than that. The plan that God has on the inside of you is bigger than that. It's bigger than you think. Turn over to Kings. Oh my gosh, I have nine minutes. This always happens to me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Um, you know, first, uh, we'll go over to 1 Kings 6.15. And, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 6.15. Uh, you know, in that, during that time, the most incredible time of our lives, but yet the most scariest, and actually to tell you the truth, I was going through the most hell during that time, and I was just feeling very incapable of a leader, as a leader, and how big everything has grown, and how it's just totally out of my control, and totally out of my capacity, and totally out of where, you know, just my leadership capabilities, and I just felt totally, for the first time, like just insecure, and just all, all these different things, I just felt like, I can't do it, God, you see, I'm just a little girl. You know, like, I can't do this. I can't lead at this level. I don't have the capacity at this level. Like, God, I, I you know, just, de- I definitely felt so stretched. I was like, there's no, I can't stretch anymore. It's going to, like, you know, snap back, like, you know, Gumby, or, uh, you know, and so it was just, I, it was at a crazy time that I was going through the, the, the hardest time of my life, and I'll tell you, I had a, um, Right there at that bottom, right there, that bottom corner, that book, if you can, you can't really see because the scriptures are, thank you, uh, that bottom corner, that book right there, I had this pastor, and she's actually very famous, her husband uh, is a very famous pastor, and she's a pastor's wife, and she was up, and they were visiting us, they were dedicating a house that they built, and uh, and we were in the car, and I know that she, you know, had led Bibles, Bible groups of 800 people and different things, and I just said, Pastor Becky, how did you do it? Like, how do you do it? Like, I feel so, I can't do it. I don't have the capacity. We're, we, God is growing us. He's blessing us. It's huge. You know, we have 120 kids in four countries. Like, this is huge. We have government influence. Like, the government's coming to us and asking us questions. Like, all this stuff is already happening, but I don't feel like I have the capacity. I don't feel like I'm a good enough leader. I have 45 national staff, and that's just on the Thai side, five on the Burma side. So as I said, I, I don't feel, you know, like I have the capacity to lead at this level or to go this higher to go where God's taken me can't he see I can't do it it's not working you know and 
So I'm telling her, and I'm just crying. It's a very vulnerable moment. She grabbed my hand, and she said, Lana, books are going to be written about you guys, and books are going to be written about you and what you've done for this nation and what you've done for the children of this nation. I mark my words, books are going to be written about you. And at that moment, right after that huge government, that, that was right before this happened, right? Right after that huge government meeting, we stepped down. They presented us with a book. That book says right there, it's in Thai, and it says if you want to do anything in Southeast Asia to protect children, to work with at-risk children, you need to go to Life Impact, and that's their model, and that's what they do. And this is a whole book about Life Impact in our model and how we protect at-risk children in Asia, in Thailand. This is passed out to anybody who wants to work with at-risk children in Thailand. I'm telling you, you don't even realize God is writing books about you. There's things that you're going to do. There's things that it's bigger than you realize. It's bigger than you can see. It's bigger, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, dream, or imagine. Why do you think you've gone through the hell you've gone through? He's after that gifting. He's after that promise. He's after the people that are on the other side of your obedience. Second Kings, and I need to close with this. Second Kings 6, 15. And, uh, and we'll start at 14, sorry, 14 through 17. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered and said, Look at this. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I pray this morning that God opens your eyes, that you don't just see the natural and the attacks and the things that are going on around you, but you see that God opens your eyes and sees that it's for a bigger purpose, that there's somebody waiting on the other side of your obedience, that it's bigger than you think, that God opens your eyes and shows you vision, shows you the plan, shows you the purpose, shows you why there's been hell in your marriage, shows you why there's been so much just an attack on your children, shows you the bigger purpose and the bigger plan and the bigger picture and the things that he has so you do not get limited to what you see in front of you. I'm going to pray for you this morning. There's one more scripture I just wanted to share with you. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, you don't need to, you don't need to turn to this. And it says, for you were created for this. You were made for this. It was prepared beforehand that you should walk in this, in your gifting and your calling. You know, I, I just, this is what I've started saying now, because with it, it is so big. It is too big for us. It's, it's huge right now, what's going on over there on the other side. And I'm just telling me and Larissa say, we've got this. We've got this because we he's got us. We've got this. You've got this. You've got this because he's got you. We've got this. We can do this because we're created for this. We were created for this time, for such a time as this. We were born into this. This is what we were born for. We've got this. We were created to do this. You've got this. You were created to do this. You were created for such a time as this. God knew what he was going to use in you. God knew the giftings he placed in you. He knew the promises, the precious promises. God knew, and you've got this. And it's bigger than you think. It's bigger. Say, it's bigger than I think. It's bigger than I think. It's bigger than I think. It's bigger than the four counties around here. It's all of Texas. It's bigger than that. It's church plants all over the U.S. It's bigger. It's bigger than I think. It's bigger than you think. It's bigger than you think. That business, that plan, it's bigger than you think. That dream, that promise, it's bigger than you think. It's bigger. Last scripture, and I'm going to leave you with this, and I want to pray for you. Ephesians 3.20. 
Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, dream, or imagine. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, dream, think, or imagine. You know what the last part of that scripture says? I didn't type it out. And it says, according to the power that works in you. According to the power that works in you, like Pastor Joel was saying, that you would know who you are in Christ, what you have, what the exceeding great and precious promises that have been given to you. Some of you, you know, you've, you've just seen the natural and what's on the outside, and you've lost heart, and your dream is there with dirt on it, or, or you've seen it afar off, and it's time for that dream to come off the shelf. It's time for you to dust the, the, the dirt off of it, the dust off of it, the cobwebs, and bring it back, and just hold on to that promise again. Hold on to it again with all you have. Stand up, please. I'm going to pray for you. If I could have the worship team, I want to pray for you. It's bigger than you think. Your life is bigger than you think. It has a bigger influence and impact than you think. Your obedience is bigger than you think. This church is going to get bigger than you think. Your marriage has more of a plan than you think. You've been so caught up in the fighting that you forgot the original purpose and intention and the original plan of God in your marriage. Your kids have a greater purpose than you could even realize. The job has more of a God purpose than you think. Your calling and purpose is bigger than you think. Your Bible study has a bigger purpose and a bigger influence and a bigger reach than you think. You don't know that one person that's going to be the gatekeeper to this area that's going to step in the foot of your Bible study or in your prayer group. Your business is bigger than you think. It's going to have a bigger influence and be used for the kingdom of God. You can play softly, just softly. No singing, just playing softly. It's bigger than you think. You're bigger than you think. God's plans for you are bigger than you think. I just want to pray for you. I just had this so in my heart, you know. I so, you know, it says, therefore, don't lose heart because the things that we see, they're so temporary. They're so subject to change. The things that we see, but the unseen is so eternal. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things that make that make all of the difference in the world, the things unseen. That's what we're supposed to be living for, not the things that are seen that are around us and the limitations that are around us and the things that have affected us. We so live by what we see sometimes with our natural eyes. But I just pray, I'm gonna have God show you the unseen today. I just felt like that was in my heart. I want you to close your eyes. Close your natural eyes and let God open the eyes of your heart. Let God open the flood your heart with light the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit, man, the eyes on the inside of you. If you've never done this before and you don't know what you're doing, don't worry, God does. God's done this before over and over again. <laughs> and he knows how to show you. He knows how to reveal to you. He knows how to speak to you. You don't need to make something up. He knows how to reach you. He's been doing this forever. He's been doing this since the Old Testament, <laughs> since Elijah, Elijah. He knows what to do. Don't you worry. He's got this. And he's got you.